Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. you are now listening to the P13 Podcast. Appreciate it. All right. Ready. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to the P13 Podcast. Today is a special day. I know many of our days in here are pretty special because we have a lot of fun All in of here. All of them are, yeah. We, we have good a good time. time. Good times. Mm-hmm. Um, as you have been listening to this podcast or working with either myself or Thomas in the virtual world, in person, outdoors, any of those things, you know we are very fond of weight training, flexibility, mobility. Am I right there, all, sir? All very important keys to wellness. Very important keys to yes. wellness. It's often misused or not talked about. Misunderstood. Misunderstood is a say. great way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you haven't checked out any of our previous podcasts, what are you doing? Take a listen. But please keep listening to this one, finish this off, and then go back and listen to the other one. Give it a rating there. too. Give it a rating as well. But Much a good appreciated. One. Yeah. Um, and because we all care about you, the reason we're doing these is because we care all about you. Uh, because we care about you, we've decided to bring in another voice. You've recently heard him in there. Uh, beautiful voice, as, <laughs> as, as Thomas's voice. Today, we have brought a special guest. His nickname is the Flexi Bull, and I want to make sure I get that right. You can correct me in a few moments if I got that wrong. Um, You take one quick look at his Instagram feed, and you will understand the name. From doing the splits to helping this beautiful long-haired man beside me with his mobility and strength training. Oh, yeah, haircut? You're you're not going to go mullet? We'll, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Mullets are pretty dirty, <laughs> but I could maybe pull it off. <laughs> Anyways, we have the one, the only, Mr. Jeff Wolf. Let's give him a round Hello, of applause. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, welcome in. Welcome in. Nice to have you on here. I know we had a little technical difficulties getting you in, but this is really exciting to have you in on this conversation. Um, we know that, Thomas, you have worked with uh, Mr. Wolf. Do you, do you prefer Mr. Wolf flexible? Please or? no. Please no. Just Jeff. Come All right, on, Jeff. <laughs> I'm learning. I, I don't even like coach. Ooh, okay. People coach, coach, you know. No, like, no, no. Please don't call me coach. Gotcha, Jeff. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but you've worked with Thomas here. Thomas, tell us, tell us a little bit how you know Jeff and how you guys, how you two came acquainted to each other, and then we'll hear from Jeff. Yeah, so I have been working with Jeff probably for a, almost a year now kind of kind of came across uh, uh, Jeff through Instagram and um, you know started working through some of his programs and from there uh, you know just started uh, having some conversation with him we did some live flexibility classes and that's where I think I really got an opportunity to chat with Jeff um, in a little more depth about flexibility uh, and that's one of the things I've loved you know, getting coaching with Jeff is he's always been open to have conversation at any point in time, really, um, you know, working on specifics with me, but also talking shop, which is why I thought it'd be so fun, uh, to bring him on here. So definitely, you know, have, have gotten to know Jeff as a coach and a mentor and, and, uh, respect him a lot, respect how he, uh, carries himself with his work and how he, how he works with his clients. So, uh, Really, really looking forward to this, and again, really appreciate the time. Um, so we can kind of jump into it. I think best place to start always is at the origins. So kind of understanding Jeff's origin story, which I think is very important as well in terms of understanding how he works with people. 
because, you know, I think people look at Michael and I have also experienced this as coaches. People look at this or look at us and say, oh, they've always been that level of fitness or that strong or whatever. And I think in the context of you, people oftentimes look at you and say, oh, he's just probably been like that his whole life, which is not the case. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your journey into flexibility? Yeah. Uh, you know, I just start by thank you for, you know, saying thank you for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. That was quite, quite the intro. Yes, I'll try. Not going to lie. I was, I was thoroughly impressed by that actually. So be prepared flattered at the same time. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, no, that was good. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the best place to start is, is kind of the beginning. Um, you know, I was, I'm, I'm sure like a majority of, of guys and kids at some point in my life, I was exposed to sports through my parents. Uh, my father was an avid baseball fan. Um, and so there pretty much was no other option for me, uh, other than to play baseball, which I was fine with. Um, I played baseball from the time I was probably four or five all the way through high school. Um, it was, a almost year round kind of venture. Um, you know, probably 300, I tell people probably 360 out of 365 days a year was, Mm. uh, revolved around baseball, played spring league, summer league, fall league, travel league, AAU league, all-star teams. It doesn't stop. You name it. It doesn't stop baseball. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, There's always, there's always more to do. Mm. (laughs) Love it though. Um, yeah. Grew up most of my life in North Carolina, which is, is kind of like baseball heaven. Um, lots of minor league teams, uh, you know, just massive, massive baseball state. Um, and, and so I played baseball and that, that was kind of all I did, to be honest with you. Um, I, I never really ventured out too much into any other sports. Um, played a little bit of basketball in middle school and high school, just to kind of have something to do during the winter. Um, you know, when I wasn't playing baseball or at a batting cage or, you know, something like that, but, Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty much it. And, and it's kind of, the, the, the reason and the story behind flexibility and kind of my journey. And, you know, a lot of people ask, have always asked, um, how I got started. And, you know, I guess in some way, you know, more or less I was exposed then not really knowing it. And then, uh, later baseball had quite an impact on my body that I didn't really recognize. And, uh, you know, and that's when the flexibility journey came into play, but I'm sure we'll get to that here yeah, soon. But absolutely. yeah, that, that's kind of the origin story, man. Just a baseball player. Cool. Um, yeah, no extensive, like prior to after, you know, all the way up through high school, I guess you could say, you know, no real lifting experience, not a lot of weight training, no sport, you know, nothing really. It was just baseball and that's it. And I'm coming, so I played baseball as well. And I'm coming from that same background a little bit. Um, uh, I, one question I do ask is like, was weightlifting a big thing on your end of the world when it comes down to playing baseball as well? Like growing up, because it wasn't on my end when I've been playing in Canada. We didn't have a whole lot of extensive weight training or knowledge around weight training to help us and see the improvements in that towards our performance when I was growing up. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, You know, baseball is a very traditional sport um, just in terms of the actual origin of the sport itself here in the United States. And and just I just think how the sport kind of carries itself. it's changed quite a bit recently in years, but, but when I played, there was the culture was you, you played baseball. Yeah. That was, that's was all you did. <laughs> you didn't touch weights. You didn't, you didn't do anything other than just play baseball. 
and and that was really it. So yeah, n- none none of that at all. In Canada, they probably play baseball in the snow. We had indoor facilities. <laughs> we had like these really like tiny oh, indoor like domes. Uh, no, like sports rec centers, like those giant like multi sport. Uh, rec centers yeah. that have like the upstairs is a was a uh track then the inside was 10 like three or four tennis courts that they would block off with these giant like curtains and we could like play a short mini game of baseball in there but like at, at past a certain age people are just crushing balls into the track and people are getting oh, pissed off. oh yeah i'm so, sure that's a problem <laughs> yeah we've gotten a few complaints on that but <laughs> <laughs> going back to that it's like it's, we <laughs> we would never ever it was it was interesting because you never, I never got to see the full effect of weight training until later in college or like past my college years when right. I was playing a little bit at a summer league, trying to go play uh, beyond. And like, I never got to see any of the performance um, results from it until s- like super late. And yeah. I think that's something that we're, we're, we've changed going back to what you're saying with the changes drastically. Like you see all these high, high school athletes. Now they have a full on like co- collegiate weight training center. Right. And, and these strength and conditioning coaches, these athletes are amazing coming up. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So then kind of following up on your origin story, you had mentioned, you realized there were some things that had, you had developed physically from baseball. Um, so is that kind of what exposed you to or made you think about um kind of resolving some of those issues or did you first go into like weight training first and then like kind of be like all right maybe i should explore flexibility a bit yeah so when i graduated high school that was 2008 so i'm 30 years old so not an old guy not a really a young guy anymore kind of in the middle mm-hmm. um i feel young but you know that's maybe to other people not so much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um yeah, 2008, I graduated, didn't make, didn't play high school. My, my high school year, I actually moved states, which is like kind of the worst time to move yeah, when you're an athlete right. is like, because most schools and everything, they have their guys that have been playing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to be pretty exceptional, exceptional to come into a school and totally new as a senior and then, and, you know, grab a spot on a mm-hmm. team. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I played a lot of catcher and, and usually those guys are specialized for a lot of years. So you know, there's, there wasn't really any moving around anywhere or any other options. It was like, I'm going to play catcher. I'm not going to play baseball at all. Yeah. So I didn't really play my senior year. I got into the gym a little bit with just some high school buddies. Um, but you know, physically I was not, uh, you know, really not stand out at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, six foot and probably in high school, you know, maybe soaking wet 180 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so always kind of a lean guy. Um, just athletic. I wasn't like any sort of naturally gifted, you know, genetic sort of athletic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like some guys just, you know, six foot yeah. two twenty. just kind of, they come, they, they Four, come five, built 40. that way. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? So, and yeah. that was not me. So drop the head uh, on the just, ball and just crush one just yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That was not me by any means. So, um, it was just kind of throwing weights around in the gym my senior year, just very casual type of thing, just to like, blow steam with the guys and have, you know, do something with my friends other than, you know, skip school and, and just kind of be as my senior year. Right. Um, I came from a private school to a public school. So my, all my credits were done. I just had to legally be in school. Mm-hmm. Um, so senior year was just basically a waste of time. And, yeah. uh, anyway, so spent a lot of time in the gym, local rec center. Um, and then finally got into CrossFit 2008. So that was kind of the heyday yeah, and yeah. The, kind of the golden era of right, CrossFit. Right. 
Um, that was when it was still pretty confined for the most part to like Southern California. It was just getting popular, um, had a pretty heavy military presence. And this time I was, um, I moved from North Carolina, was in Florida for a little bit and then moved back home. I'm originally from uh, Northern Virginia, just mm-hmm. outside of DC, mm-hmm. moved back there. Um, a lot of military there. So I went to a CrossFit box that was, you know, owned locally by some army vet, mm-hmm. um, you know, Iraqi, I think like army vet or something and, and started doing CrossFit. And, um, that was when things started showing up for me. Um, I was fortunate that I never really got injured playing baseball. Um, I, you know, you mostly see a lot of injuries on in pitchers and stuff like that. The guys that are throwing high velocities very frequently. Um, and so I was fortunate that, you know, I didn't have any injuries playing baseball, but just the rotational, uh, pattern that baseball kind of puts into your body, especially when you don't do anything else. Like that's literally all I did. So I built up no other patterns in my bodies other than basically how to rotate left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was like, I was very good at rotating left, but that was pretty much it. I mean, my body was even stuck like that. You know what I mean? Like if you took a photo of me in high school, like you just slightly kind of had yeah. all the yep. compensations that you'll see the rotation and the twist and the, you know, all that stuff. So CrossFit, um, was fun, but I just found at some point that there were certain things that I was not as good at because of the issues that I had, uh, just wanting to rotate constantly. Like as soon as you put a barbell in your hand and you have to start doing things with both sides of your body with some symmetry, that's when things just kind of, you know, started to show up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, still did CrossFit, um, did a lot more, of the, the wads and kind of, uh, you know, got more into like a lot of the cardio stuff I was really Met good cons. at rowing. Yeah. 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 Uh, just cause I'm kind of long. So I was really good at rowing, um, doing a lot of the Metcons and a lot of the body weight stuff. I had no issues doing whatsoever because, mm-hmm. you know, just, it, it tends to just be a little more easier on the body. It's relative strength. Yeah. Less you know, technical, my, less technical. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so that's kind of the, the route I started going. Um, and obviously like when you do CrossFit even now, but definitely then your, your only source of mobility, uh, training or information at the time really was, was K-Star, Kelly Starrett. Yeah. K-Star. Um, he's, you know, he's a local leopard. Oh man. I remember uh, seeing people bring yeah. that book into the gym. Like at the 24th I have that book. I have that book too, but I don't like... know where it is. I lost it, which is, you know, not, I think I uh, used it to put coffee blocks. on it. Yeah. Or something. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mess up my table. It's an in- interesting note on, or a little caveat to that. Um, a member of ours just bought the book, uh, recently and she started reading it and she said one of the first pieces of information in there is something about, um, using a lacrosse ball on your ankle and having a friend like literally physically smash it into your ankle and that that's supposed to then break up the tissue. Oh yeah. Um, needless to say, she stopped reading the book. <laughs> she said she was pretty disappointed. <laughs> that's as far as she got. That's yeah. as far as she got. And I kind of had told her before she started reading it, like, ah, you might be somewhat disappointed. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, you know, I still hear, we hear a lot in the gym of people kind of referencing some of that stuff. And there's people that you know, banded distract and mm-hmm. smash for like 30 minutes before a session. And yeah, it just, I, you know, I've, I've kind of learned through my experience. That's, that's just probably not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to agree with that. 
sentiment. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get more into that. But, right, right. But yeah, that, that was that was my first uh, sneak peek. Um, and then, you know, to whatever, to whatever you want to call mobility, um, also another conversation we could probably get into. Right. But, um, you know, what really led me to flexibility per se uh, was I actually saw a podcast, um, Barbell Shrugged, mm. which at the time was was like a CrossFit podcast. Like they definitely did CrossFit. Yeah, I think sure. they yeah. moved away. From, I think they moved away from that since then. Like they all kind of do their own thing now and not really so much CrossFit. But it was definitely a CrossFit podcast at the time. And they had on Coach Christopher Summers. And Coach Christopher Summers, basically a uh, U.S. national team coach, uh, junior nationals, I think, um, went basically on this podcast and just trashed CrossFit <laughs> and yeah. just just dogged it and, and, and basically <laughs> just said that like no one doing CrossFit, you know, maybe not no one, but he said the majority of people who, who do CrossFit just do not have the general prep yeah. in terms yeah. of joint mobility and conditioning and stuff to be jumping right into what's really a sport and right. you know, or mm-hmm. what's categorized as a sport anymore. Um, that that's CrossFit. And, and that's what really caught my eye was I, I like bold people. I like people who are outspoken and who aren't afraid to just say how they feel. Mm-hmm. I'm very much attracted to personalities like that. And he, just the fact that he went on a CrossFit podcast and basically <laughs> told him like, you guys need to do better. I was just kind of like, wow, I'm going to listen to this guy. I'm going to hear what he has to say. Um, and so Christopher Summers, Coach Summers, uh, founder of Gymnastic Bodies. Um, and that's kind of where I segued uh, because I had exposure to the gymnastics just from CrossFit. Um, and then hearing his podcast really kind of led me more that route was going towards the bodyweight route. And I just had the epiphany of like, yeah, this guy's right. Like there's no foam roller that's going to give me what I need to do. Let me go see what this guy's talking about. Let mm-hmm. me go check it out. And uh, then I kind of segued more from, I guess, officially doing CrossFit into to strictly doing gymnastics training, which was my first real taste of what actual flexibility really is. Yeah. So, yeah. And so at that point, were you coaching clients yet, or were you working with clients or were you still technically like a fitness enthusiast at that point? At that time I was a fitness enthusiast. I worked in sales, um, you know, upscale, high end sales. So I had, I had a really good sales job, Mm -hmm. um, and, and just kind of fitness was always there. Uh, this was, how many years ago this was now? Probably eight, nine years ago. Um, fitness was always there and then pr- moved more into, again, the gymnastic stuff. Wasn't doing it professionally. Actually left a CrossFit box. By this time, I'm living in Florida. Um, started working out at a local gymnastics gym. Oh, wow. So this this, this local gym, um, it was just a kid's you know facility, but they had hours through the week that were open gym. Mm-hmm. And they allowed adults to come train. Um, and I thought, well, this is perfect because now I'm, you know, I'm doing this gymnastic bodies work. Um, and now I have a full scale, literally full scale gymnastics facility that I can go and actually train the system and do the program yeah. at this gymnastics facility. And that's what I did. I did that. And I, between there and like an outdoor park, yeah. um, nice. like a, a full, like a full on, like it was built by boy scouts or something. And, and it, so it had like multi-tier levels of pull-up bars and dip bars and um, just all kinds of stuff, that, you know, like these bar parks that you see calisthenics yeah. parks and stuff. It was one of those. So I was basically working sales job. I'd get up in the morning, 
take my dog because this park was like by this local small airport. Take my dog, go to the park, work out at the bar park in the morning, work all day. And then when I got off of work, I would go to the gymnastics facility usually at night because the open gyms were usually like 7 or 8 p.m. Um, and then I would go do another training session and then did that. Um, and then was posting on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. n- it wasn't anything like it is now, but was posting just my, my training uh, on Instagram. Um, obviously, just kind of networking with other people who were doing gymnastic bodies. And, and finally, someone reached out to me uh, uh, who sh- she eventually became really my first mentor in terms of actually training, mm-hmm. uh, becoming a trainer, coach, personal trainer, whatever you want to call it. Um, she found me on Instagram. We exchanged back and forth for probably f- four or five months, just sharing training information. And uh, I, the the thing about my personality too, is I'm very studied N- no matter what I do, whether it's professionally or as a hobby, I'm one of these people when I pick something up, I'm like all in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I read all the books I've read all, you know, it, it's just like, and that's what I did. And so, and so eventually she reached out and just was kind of impressed by, uh, the training and, 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 um, you know, long story short, she eventually, I ended up starting with her and, and some other things, but that's kind of how I broke my way into to coaching and training was just doing it recreationally and just succeeding at it and posting good content on Instagram. And, and basically someone found me and was like, Hey, do you want to do this for a living? You know? So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, so then at that point you had, how long were you um, training basically the gymnastics bodies way? And did would you say that that is what led to most of your flexibility gains? So it's, it's an interesting question because once I broke into gymnastic bodies, these are kind of the old days. Some people might remember this, but guys like Yuri Marmerstein, Marmerstein, I don't know if I say his name correctly, uh, Yuri, he's a hand balancer, Ido Pertal, yeah. uh, Kit, Lofl- Kit Laughlin. Mm-hmm. Um, all these guys were actually on the gymnastic bodies forum. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, this was before really any of them kind of broke off and started doing their own thing. Um, they pretty much everyone was involved in the gymnastic bodies forum and, you know, and really like to, to give credit to gymnastic bodies, they really kind of set the stage for the popularity of, of gymnastics yeah. and flexibility mm-hmm. in general and just the, the, and the, the movement widespread. culture maybe too. I would have to say, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Ito trained, Ito trained with coach for many years yeah. um, and, and trained at his facility in Arizona and everything. So, so when I got into gymnastic bodies, I had, through the forums, I had exposure to so many other people. Um, you know, like I said, like the people I listed and, and, and even more, like yeah. there's tons, there's so many that they were all there because that was the only other than like bodyweight Reddit. That was the only place that anyone who was doing any sort of gymnastics or bodyweight training, that was the only forum that existed. Um, and so pretty much everyone was there. Emmett Lewis, even, you know, so like mm-hmm. all these guys, I started getting exposure to because at the time the platform was a little bit more open share. And so, everyone was sharing kind of their training and their ideas and their stuff on the forum. Um, and so, and so just from there, it went from coach summers and then it just like, it branched out. Yeah. You know, I had, I had exposure even to Paula Quinn and, and so many other people by this time, but yeah. yeah. So then, so you came into that gymnastics body bodies training with some, uh, deficiencies, I suppose you could say, do you feel yeah. that like a lot of that, a lot of the, that gymnastics bodies training cleared that up or, did that kind of, was that the spark that then 
uh, led you to dive deeper into, into resolving some of those issues that you had had from CrossFit and baseball? Yeah, I'd say that it would, it definitely was the spark and, and majority responsible mm-hmm. for the just knowledge, uh, you know, the interest, um, you know, I, I've, I've got to train and work personally with coach summers, um, you know, pick his brain, ask him questions, literally physically train with him, and, and yeah. see how he, you know, how he sees things through his eyes and how he coaches and trains. Um, so, you know, that was my first introduction to what real stretching is. Um, <laughs> you know, most, most, most people you ask to stretch, you know, it's like, 15, 30 seconds. We here, experience it all the time. 30 seconds yeah. on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. And uh, yeah, without a doubt. And and I remember kind of just getting this stretching program and like seeing like two minutes, yeah. three minutes, 90 seconds. You know, I was like, wow, this is this is a long time Yeah, compared to like what I thought stretching was and what many people think stretching is. Um, the ACSM guidelines to stretching. Oh, ACSM, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the NSCA, you know, yeah. National yeah. Strength Conditioning Association yeah. stretching guidelines. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it was eye-opening. And, you know, look, you know, I, I, I can really from experience, and I'll say this, like, Kelly's threat stuff didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not that at certain points and in certain contexts can it be useful, of course, but basically, like, if we're all just being very honest, it creates sort of a reliant, uh, uh, sort of, um, system addiction to, yeah. yeah, To, to like, like once you get on the foam roller and the bands and the balls, you you don't come off. It's, it's like you just do it and then you end up doing more of it. And like you said, people come in 30, 40 minutes. I mean, that's a training session right Right. there. You know what I mean? So, um, and it always came back. Like it was always, it was always very temporary and it's like, Oh, got to do it again tomorrow. Yep, got to do it again the next day. And this yeah. went on for years, you know, yeah. you're going CrossFit. It's like, even still people do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, for me, the eye opener, it was like, I kind of had like flexibility singularity when I was doing, uh, one of coaches stretch routines. And it was just about, I would say six to eight weeks in, um, and to, and to be totally honest, I gave my first six to eight weeks of doing these of stretching routines, just like a real half ass effort. I can mm-hmm. say ass, right? Are we allowed to cuss? Yes, absolutely. Our, our tagline is okay. avoid the bullshit. Yeah. So. We've, okay, we've cussed many so, times on here. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I probably will get, it probably get, will get a lot worse, but I yeah. just wanted to make sure. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So I gave it like a real half ass effort. It was just kind of like, uh, you know, I'll give it a shot. I didn't really believe in it because I had all the misconceptions about flexibility that every other guy has you know, my genetics, I'm a guy, uh, you know, I don't have the bone structure. Flexibility Mm -hmm. doesn't work. You have to develop it as a kid. I mean, there's so many excuses that I've heard, uh, read, seen, et cetera. And I had all those same ones. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just about six to eight weeks in where I just remember having a stretching session and I just felt the progress. I felt different. I felt better. I felt like I moved better. I felt like the little, this and that kind of started like, you know, going away. And, mm-hmm. and of course it's, we're only six to eight, eight weeks in here. So we're not talking like any sort of real extensive like benchmarks in terms of flexibility, but in terms of just realizing that this is what I needed and this is kind of what I was looking for. And that after six to eight weeks of noticing small changes, 
um, that if I could continually keep this up and be consistent with this, that this was going to be a long-term, a massive long-term benefit for me. And it then became sort of the staple and priority of my training was establishing just really good flexibility and range of motion. And it's just was the best decision I've ever made because it set me up to be able to train the way I train today. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and all the things that came with it, but it was not about being flexible for me initially. Like, and that's the thing that's, that's really hard about marketing flexibility is very few people actually want, like have this idea that they want to be flexible in terms of like, Oh, I want to do the splits. Like, of course there are people who think that, but it's, it's, it's quite, it's not a majority of people. It's a minority of people because Mm -hmm. the majority of people already, they just think it doesn't work. So, you know, once they, once you can kind of get them past that and kind of convince them like, well, stretching does work, then stretching becomes more about a solution-based modality. Like I have a problem that I'm trying to solve. Generally it's a range of motion issue. Mm -hmm. And then they use stretching for it. And then the evolution from there is they realize, okay, like I've kind of, I trust it. I'm just going to believe in Jeff or whoever my flexibility coach is, you know, whoever, um, they do it. And then they see those, those, those small kind of changes, you know, like the ones I experienced six to eight weeks of just little tiny things that, you know, people don't even realize are, are, you know, going on in their body because Mm -hmm. they've lived with it for so long. Um, and then it basically just, for a lot of people, it transitions from there. They start to have these little pieces of success that snowball. And then it's like, okay, I want to get the splits. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've had people like, oh, I have a hip problem. You know, that, I mean, part of the, a lot of is what I do is, is that it's the majority of what I do. Yeah. The majority of what I do is, is handling people's range of motion issues that cause them, you know, I'm not going to, you know, blanket say cause them pain, but what they consider contributes to pain or discomfort or um, and, and then, and then like a snowballs from there, people start to realize, oh, okay, it really does work. I'm having success. What's the next step. And of course, then the next step from like basic things like touching your toes and, you know, being able to lift your arm over your head, over your head with no issues yeah. or whatever. Um, then they start to realize that they want to try to push the boundaries on it. And that's just kind of the, the natural flow that happened with me is it wasn't like, Oh, I want to be this flexible guy and do the splits. It was yeah. like, you know, I just want my back to not like be tight. Yeah. And I want my shoulders to not feel like crap when I put a barbell overhead or whatever. And then, like I said, it transitioned from there. So yeah, yeah that's kind of how that happened. I, I want to piggyback off that really quick. Cause how do you, uh, how do you uh, direct that when people start to feel like those small it changes? Because what ends up happening, I know, um, sometimes it's just like, oh yeah, I got that small little change. Okay. I'm good. Like, let me yeah. go on with just doing this. I'll just stay with this. I'm good. I'm comfortable there. Like I'll, I'll move on and I can go back to hit the weights. How do you direct the conversation from that point where they start to notice those little changes in like some of your clients and like get them to keep going through Build on that? that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, I think that honestly, <laughs> Here's my, here's my experience with it. Step number one is like being somebody who can display it has a massive impact on people way more of a massive impact than even being able to teach it or coach it. Like when somebody sees how you can move and perform and you go, well, you know, it's because I, I spent time developing flexibility. Like it really becomes a non-issue. 
to be totally honest with you. Like it's, I haven't had too many people do that. A lot of people start to have success with it. And it's actually, how, how can I get more of this? How can I get more of this? And so it's more of like a toning it down of like, no, 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 no. Like we don't, we don't need to start stretching every day. We don't need to start stretching three times a day. Like mm-hmm. just take it as it is, enjoy the process. And, um, you know, and, and, and everything that I do is integrated it, and, and, you know, and that's, you know, I don't know how you guys want to address this, but a lot of people just separate the modalities, right? Like, like my strength training's over here, my conditioning's right yeah. here, and my flexibility works over here. And so, you know, I do my strength work and then I, you know, do a little cardio work and then do flexibility work or whatever, which on a micro level, it might be how you structure it, but there's many ways to integrate it into training. So that way the person doesn't feel like it's totally separate or really what worries most people is that it's something else they have to add that's going to yeah. take more time. Yeah. Um, so the easiest way is to integrate it into the strength training two ways, obviously using certain exercises through strength training that mimic the same thing that you're trying to accomplish with stretching. Um, I firmly believe you still need both. Like, you know, you can get, you can get some progress from, from maybe just one or just the other or whatever, but I just firmly believe in, in the merging of the two. So the easiest way for me with clients, you know, especially with them work, when I'm working with them in person is like in between sets. So when they're, instead of just sitting there for three minutes or two minutes or, you know, whatever, you know, you're going to stretch this muscle group and it could be, it, maybe it's something they're having issue with. Maybe it's something that's going to assist in them in their range of motion for whatever they're lifting and their training. So there's many ways to integrate, but I think that's really the, the biggest step is integrating it and not isolating it away because it becomes like over encumbering to the individuals because a lot of like, y- you guys know how it is. Yeah. A lot of people already, it's like what most of your personal clients you're going to get, if you're lucky three days a week out of them, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, two days, three days, if you have really good clients, okay, you might get four days or whatever. Um, and it depends on how you structure it. You know, maybe they go to the gym on their own, or maybe they see you once a week and they, they come in and do your classes the rest of the week or whatever. But the point is that, you know, time is usually always the first excuse. Yeah. yeah. So if you can find a way to integrate it, you know, you kind of avoid the issue because it's like, they don't even think about it. They're training and then you're like, okay, we'll hold this stretch for 30 seconds and now this side for 30 seconds. Okay, next set. You know what I mean? And it's it's doesn't even really become a question. So um, yeah, so that's kind of my experience with it is just you really have to, once people, if you're a good coach, you're going to have to stop people from wanting more. Mm-hmm. That That's my, that's like the honest truth. Like if you're good at it and people experience wins and they experience progress, it, it's going to be scaling back their their, their need to go, okay, where can I do more? Can I do more? Can I do more? Um, and then integration, I think is, are the two probably key ways of, of kind of getting it in there. So people don't think again, think of it as, as too much extra or, or whatever. So following up on that, do you have like specific, taking a specific example of someone doing, uh, squats, are there are certain, um, I guess rules that you would apply when incorporating flexibility into a session that, you know, say you're doing, uh, six sets of squats with, uh, you know, 80% ish load, um, and like a couple minutes rest, would you limit the amount of time that they're in a stretch in that context? And, or, or are there certain rules around how you would apply that integration? Yeah. I mean, 
So obviously you have, you're going to have to take, maybe not obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, cause it's probably not obvious to a lot of people, but <laughs> you, you have to look at, um, if you have six sets, that's, that's a lot of sets, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's, it's in our right amount of sets. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nice. I, did your, I did your 10 by one today, by the way, I did that one. Oh, good. It was good. Felt, felt like butter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically I look at, I have a certain amount of time under tension that I want people to spend in a stretch per muscle group per week. Um, you know, and that's usually around five minutes, right? So, you know, people are like, oh my God, five minutes. Like that's a long time. And, and it doesn't have to be at once. I right. just mean in a week, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so if you're stretching your quads, if you know your quads are really, really tight, okay? Um, then aiming to, to stretch them for a total of five minutes a week is a good solid baseline that I know without a fact, if people do it, they will start to see progress. Mm-hmm. How you break that up can depend on so many factors. You can break it up, like you said, like intraset. You can have them just do one set of five minutes. They're, they're, they won't make it five minutes for a quad <laughs> stretch, but you know, you can maybe do multiple sets of 60 seconds, multiple sets of 90 seconds, once or twice a week, whatever. Break it up however you see fit, but that that is like the baseline, especially if somebody has an area that they're really trying to improve. That's that can be considered a massive, uh, you know, or, or glaring sort of weakness or tightness, yeah. um, or an area that you know needs to be addressed or handled. You know, basically think of it as like the the, the weakest link in the flexibility tra- chain, right? Um, that's what I aim for. So, you know, if if it's a personal client, for instance, um, you know, someone who I might only see three days a week then I might put it in between their sets for 30 seconds yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, if you're doing six sets, I mean, if you just think of all the time and attention that is, it's, it's pretty significant. Right. Um, so it, it's just, it really just comes down to being a math thing, like figuring out when and where, um, you know, so that, but the other thing too is kind of structuring a training session. So if, if I, if I have a movement that I want somebody to perform and I know that there's an area that's going to be very restricted or keep them from performing it effectively, then I will start the training session with passive static stretching of the area that I want opened up, um, followed by, you know, whatever dynamic warm up or just jumping into the sets and then warming up slowly from there, just depending on how you warm up your clients, whether you do some general warm up or, mm-hmm. you know, whether you just take them straight into their exercises. Um, and then, Generally, the stretching between sets or paired exercises that I'm doing, they're not really going to impact the exercise itself, right? Like I'm not going to stretch my pecs and then do bench press. I'm not going to, you know, or at least not following, right? Yeah. So yeah. maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll, you know, let's let's just say, let's give an example because it'll be easy for people to picture. Let's imagine that somebody is doing, um, you know, maybe some bench press, um, or, you know, even just pushups. Okay. And then, so they do their pushups. Um, and then maybe what I will have them do from there is do some pec stretches after the pushups. And then they'll go into their, you know, I usually superset, you know, things are like antagonist superset things. So Mm -hmm. then usually a, a following a press will always be some sort of pull. Um, so let's just say they're doing rows. So the potentiation of the opening up of the chest 
it'll basically allow you to get into your scap retractors and your and your lats better. So I will put it before the rows, and then maybe after the rows, you know, maybe do some lat stretching before mm-hmm. the back to the chest because you'll have enough time to rest. Yeah. And reg- the thing about the, the the thing about stretching is, you know, stretching is very context based, and one of the things that drives me nuts about people who say, oh, you know, stretching inhibits performance. And, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it's shown to, you know, decrease force output and all these different things. It's like, if you really read what they're talking about, the context is really, really poor, right? Like, like stretch your hamstrings statically for five minutes in front of the sprinting blocks. And then as soon as you're done stretching your hamstrings for five minutes, sprint immediately 50 meters as fast as you can. Like no one uses stretching like that. Like if you actually know what you're doing, no one uses stretching like that. So then people, that's the study. And then people like, even people like Lane Norton, you know, it's like, Oh my God, stretching's, you know, it's, it could inhibit your performance. Look at this study. Look what it's, and it's like, did you even read it? <laughs> yeah. And if you actually think, and if you actually think stretching, people use stretching like that, you're a moron. Like I hate, I mean, it's just going to be very blunt. Like that is just a really <laughs> stupid argument. Yeah. And so you have to actually, you know, use some common sense, or at least what I hope is be common sense, use some logical thinking and, you know, intraset stretching has been around for a long time. Actually, there's a lot of famous bodybuilders that used to use it. Um, Frank Zane was one of them. Um, You know, Dante Trudell was another guy who used a lot of stretching between sets to potentiate the range coming for whatever exercise is coming next. Yeah. So you could get better range of motion. And then you go, you know, I mean, it's, it's an old method. It's, it's not like I invented this, you know, even coach Summers in the gymnastic body system, it was, you always stretch. You always did mobility following strength work in between your sets. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you didn't, you never were standing around doing nothing. So, you know, that's, that's really one of the best ways. And it's one of the easiest ways, but that's like the best example on how to apply it just so people can go, Oh, okay. That, you know, that makes sense. Like do your bench or your pushups, stretch your chest, do your rows, stretch your lats back to, I mean, there you go. You yeah. got your chest and your yeah. lat stretching in between your sets. So, you know, it's a very time efficient way to do it for sure. Nice. Yeah. All right. Mr. Wolf, don't leave us. We'll, we'll continue this on. So stick around. Keep a lookout for the second part to this episode. Part two. We got plenty with to go the with. Flexi Bull. The Flexi Bull. Thank you again for your time as well. And as always, avoid the bullshit. Avoid the bullshit. Of course. Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production. Absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project 13 Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan. That is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y. B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.